0: Like this search for what, where does edtech fit now. I mean, it's one of the things so I go into schools and I'm saying, well, do you set video lessons? And they say, well, no, the pandemic's over. It's like, yeah, yeah well, video lessons have been around forever. I mean, our supply teachers used to wheel out a TV, and you know, we'd all watch a watch a video when I was a kid. So it's, video lessons are never going away. But that's sort of the implication is that the same way we talk about edtech and parents just go, well, screen time. It's like, well, no, it's more than that. You go, video lessons, oh, pandemic's over, I don't need this anymore. And so it's interesting, people are trying to find where it fits or trying to desperately create a digital strategy during the pandemic. And, oh, it's over now, we don't we don't need any of this anymore. And it's kind of like, well, no, this is... Which is, I was really surprised because I think as the pandemic was easing off, I thought that I, we were sort of entering this, you know, sorry, quote, unquote, new normal. And, you know, people would sort of keep these digital ideas going. And actually, it's amazing. I was genuinely surprised how the conversations changed when it really did ease off and actually all these sort of digital conversations which everyone assured of no everything will be new everything's different we've completely changed the way we work of how it wasn't like that and I know it sounds some of that sounds cliche but it's true I was really surprised when I've been going into schools recently to see them sort of creeping back to you know slashing sort of edtech budgets, slashing um uh, edtech products out of their um uh, inventory I guess but yeah mm
1: yeah it, it's 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 scary isn't it because um i mean a, a crude um, summary of, of what i've been seeing in in the recent literature about ed tech is that it's a, a kind of um, one step forward two steps back um mm-hmm. situation where what whatever whatever's been happening in terms of studies being um, conducted and publicized and commissioned um there was a great deal happening around 2019 some yeah. some form of optimism some kind of emerging structure uh mm. but we appear well, to well, have gone nice way back actually
0: and that was so it felt optimistic you're right it felt it was like oh this is exciting and actually yeah it's weird that we've almost gone back to pre-2019 levels since the pandemic's over yeah
1: yeah so that that i suppose that um makes us think of a almost an existential question really that yeah. Well, if it's less important because of the need to catch up in light of the pandemic, then it wasn't that important in the first place.
0: Everyone was lying, it was all lies.
1: Yeah, exactly. So that's the, the, um, the, the stark truth really, isn't it? Um, and I suppose to play devil's advocate, uh, which is part of what I, part of my role as a double agent, <laughs> and I take double agent, um, might they have a point to an extent? I'm playing devil's advocate here. <laughs>
0: I think it's good. I think it's absolutely uh, critical to perform an edtech audit um, and make sure that you are using all these things that you might have panic bought uh, during the pandemic. I think that's important. But I think it's also really important to make sure that you're not slashing the wrong things. And that's the case of, I guess, listening to your teachers. And um, But yes, it's, uh, I don't know, it's, it's, very, it's just, it's really unusual to me that all of this uh, optimism and digital future seems to have, uh just gone gone in a different direction it wasn't what i was expecting certainly when i was at Bet and all these kind of futurists that i was talking to um made this sort of bright future feel possible people were tearing up the rule books rewriting curriculums and things and then actually that's all just gone and and, well i guess in a state of recovery which is understandable but um Mm.
1: okay so we we i know you're not really involved in Bet. um Anymore are you? Is, 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 is bet- I watch with a keen
0: not... eye. I still, I'm a spy, a bet spy. Yeah, I find it very interesting. I find it
1: interesting We're both double agents. <laughs> yeah. um, so bet twenty three. What would we? What would we hope to see then? Do you think that that's um, that's a, a step forward? Given that we have, I think we I think we agree that we've taken something of a step back with mm. uh, with ad ed- tech.
0: Um, I I don't know. I think maybe getting the basics right of, uh, you know, what is critical technology um, and what isn't. I mean, I think, uh, I don't know. I've, I sometimes feel when I say things like this, I do fall into these cliches of like, oh, we don't just want robots and VR helmets, which seems to be on every every brochure that you ever see about an EdTech event. Certainly pre-pandemic was, uh, was VR helmets and robots, right? So, um, and mm-hmm. I think people have sort of re-evaluated that sort of gimmicky part of EdTech and boiling it down now to uh to the essentials, whether that is uh video lessons, whether that's tools that support differentiation and send learning. And so it's boiling it down to uh to the basics, not panic buying kind of everything, uh everything and nothing. So maybe we should see more of a focus on um I guess tools with impact less of the flashy, the flashy stuff. But it might be a small bet if uh (laughs) if that happens.
1: It wouldn't it, yeah, yeah. I mean, one of the things that um, I, I picked up on in the recent literature about specific attack uh, tools, if you like, and specific attack areas, like AI, for example, mm-hmm. is that. A lot of the studies are very sort of tentative, you know. They're, they're very mm-hmm. often conference proceedings, just pr- making proposals for something, reflecting uh, a sort of iterative um, journey, if you like, iterative development of um, tech platforms and and you know categories of of tech. Yet, at best, of course, it's um, this is amazing, this is revolutionary, this will change everything, isn't it fun, kids, mm-hmm. uh, and so on. So, um, I mean, that's one thing that I'd like to see something that's a bit more. Um, realistic and, and helpful, if you like. So I mean, if everyone... The
0: most, the most interesting developments in edtech are actually the, the sort of upgrades to existing technology. So even some of the things that... So I've I've just been in Oman where uh, the, uh, this amazing speaker, Basel, was speaking. He's at Google. But he's just talking about, you know, so the, they sort of seem quite small, but some of the things that you're adding to Google Classroom, and actually this stuff can be really revolutionary it's just an update really for google classroom but actually some of this stuff is is amazing and you know hundreds of developers have spent ages working on it and it's not a big new flashy gimmick it's kind of a um all of the add-ons that you get on google classroom can be some of the most amazing technology you've, you've seen and it kind of just then comes as part of your google classroom subscription for example um, and even every time edpuzzle do a new integration for example so we just done the integration with uh, schoology so PowerSchool schoology You know, and suddenly by doing those uh, integrations, we grow by hundreds of thousands of users almost overnight because suddenly, oh, sorry, it wasn't School of June, it was Canvas. No, Clever. Sorry, that's it. This uh, platform Clever, which is a bit of a single sign on kind of, you'll know more about Clever than I will, I'm sure, Pete. And suddenly we add, you know, tens of thousands of users overnight by doing these kind of integrations. So it's just kind of updates. And even our content library that we're growing now is uh, an update. But suddenly it just sort of grows our user base by an awful lot because you're adding, um, adding so much more functionality into existing products and making them more valuable. So sometimes it's worth looking at what you've already got um, and making sure yeah. that you can't do more with what you've got. I mean, even um, so, we've got the screen recording uh, Chrome extension for Edpuzzle now, and that can replace Zoom and screencastify that.
1: I'm in danger of uh, being evangelical and, make, and making bold claims about Edpuzzle now because <laughs> I, am, I am a, a fan of Edpuzzle. Um, yeah. So, um, I mean, there's so plenty of things that I like about it. Um, so, I've written about it before, and I'm writing a new chapter um, about it. Um, deadline July the thirty-first. <laughs> um, I know, <laughs> scary, isn't it? So, this podcast would, would, will help me with it, actually. But um, so, I, I love the the way that, as I'm training teachers, oh. it enables them to think about their questioning right so the design of the questioning and also to think about well what am I going to do with these answers once the kids have actually answered them what what mm. are the next steps what how is this going to be formatively assessed um I love the the fact that there's no hiding place for the students they wow. uh, so we all remember the so, so when I did
0: my I did my training on Edpuzzle so to Ooh. do my I did all of the online PD to get myself up to speed with the uh, Uh, With the program, and my goodness, don't do you have to watch, or do you you really, really need to concentrate? Um, Yeah, you do feel like being picked on in class.
1: Yeah, yeah it, it, which is great, you know, there's the, because we remember the times when um, putting a video on seemed like a, a sort of, you know, worthy, educational. Okay. Uh, <laughs> yeah, a cut yeah. But, but, but if it was a useful video, then yeah. we, we could be under the illusion that it was actually quite edu- an educational experience. But uh, mm-hmm. now we we were a bit wiser, aren't we? I suppose mm-hmm. because people weren't really paying attention in the first place. But now their attention spans are about, what, two minutes, one and a half minutes for a video? Yeah. And, and I think we've
0: found a workaround to people being able to use their phones and things, you know, so you've got it on your computer and you can use because I, I find myself guilty of that all the time. The same way we watch Netflix and you've got, you know, Instagram or TikTok open on your phone as well at the same time. Trying to judge programs by whether you can, is, can I, can I also scroll Instagram whilst I watch this Netflix program? If not, maybe I'm not into it, maybe I'll be think maybe mm-hmm. that's just me.
1: Well, it, it, it's certainly a, a, a sort of digital literacy thing, isn't it? Because um, we're not quite used to and, uh, have, having all of our attention focused on, yeah. on phones, are we? Mm-hmm. Um, maybe maybe we need some kind of thumb extensions so that were sort of, you know, b- bolt down our thumbs so that we can't <laughs> scroll while we're watching uh, videos mm-hmm. on that puzzle. I
0: guess in class they make you sit on your hands, wouldn't they, I suppose?
1: Yeah. <laughs> Similar thing. Yeah. Um, so I love, I love that too. I love the, the fact that you've got, you know, more than enough video content to, to use, um, mm-hmm. That, that's brilliant, um, and the fact that the video stops, you know, automatically, so that, that, that that's fantastic, isn't it? Because as I said, there's, there's no hiding place for the students. They know that the questions are coming up, um, and they know what the, there's something for them to do. Of course, so that's really good for lesson planning too, isn't it?
0: So one of the things we talk about a lot as well is turning that um, passive video watching experience, where you can sort of doze off or kind of lose interest, start staring at the wall, as it turns this very passive experience into an engaging experience, into an active experience you know you and it uh and it is exciting i mean i set my six-year-old daughter an ed puzzle uh, lesson about the life cycle of a butterfly and you know she's so excited to kind of click the buttons and the fact that you can put pictures in there and you can make it easy enough for the six-year-old to watch but she's just more excited like it's interesting for her suddenly she gets to sort of i mean this might appeal more to my very competitive daughter but you know she gets to kind of uh validate her uh validate her views and she gets to click and see that she's right and so she really loves it for that element as well um, but I think one of the um, so the fact that it makes a more engaging experience but the fact that with a bit of creativity teachers can use it for absolutely anything and everything I was speaking to a science teacher recently and she sets her um, her health and safety messages about the upcoming lab so her practical classes she puts the health and safety message onto her um, Edpuzzle recording and then they come to school if they haven't watched the video if she if they're not on her list as having completed the video they can't do the practical you know and they only do that once so and even when you, I think you alluded to teacher training as well. We have schools who only use Edpuzzle for their teacher training to even to talk about other EdTech products to get their teachers up to speed with the EdTech they are implementing and they want to know if their teachers have watched the videos. So, yeah, it's a, a bit of a bit of creativity and you can use it for a, a whole host of uh, activities.
1: Yeah, there's no hiding place outside the classroom either, is there? <laughs> <Of
0: course>. Exactly. <laughs> because, uh,
1: <laughs> yeah, we know what time they've watched the video and whether they've skipped it and so on interesting uh so one of the things that i i run this these ideas by you then shall i see what you think so i like to think about think in terms of multiple episodes so i like the idea of uh so Ed Puzzle number one is something like um, some quite boring facts that, would, and that would be a video that's just information really and the questions mm-hmm. are about you know a sort of right or wrong answer like a quiz and they do this uh, in a flip classroom environment if you like mm-hmm. it's a, a sort of a, a flip learning activity so that's in preparation for the lesson then there'll be a teacher centred um, Ed Puzzle uh, where there'll be some um, you know, slightly high order questions and so on and some interesting activities around that sort of taking them away from the video then the next one would be um something a bit more stretch and challenging so something a bit more um challenging where you sort of develop the skills and and um there's, there's there's obviously some um confirmation if you like of what they've what they've learned some evidence that the learning has taken place um and then finally some creative task where they can um do something themselves to represent or sort of or, or sort of recast uh what they've learned yeah. um th- th- is that the sort of i mean does that um mirror some of the training that you've been doing or if you've been doing more exciting things than that
0: <laughs> no that's great <laughs> i think um there's when I mean, you're describing it in a much more so and um, like i say full disclaimer i'm not a teacher i've just worked in edtech for a while um so you're describing it in a much probably a much uh, better trained uh position than i have for me i like seeing the uh seeing these creative um applications so we talk about um it was, and this is more around the functionality, I guess, but even using, um, using Edpuzzle in live mode. So you're using it within the class and kind of then uh, looking back at the way that students are answering questions and kind of broadcasting it back. There's no embarrassment there. The, the names aren't shown, but you're looking at how other students are using these as discussion points. So, um, but uh, yeah, you're talking about the sort of evolution, I guess, on a more, um, like I said, a more, more informed uh, standpoint of how a teacher um, is actively using the product, which is good. It's really, really good. Um, I'm trying to think from some of the um training that we've done of some of the um i mean Edpuzzle prides itself on being a flipped classroom uh product probably in the main and that's probably how most of our teachers use it um and i hear from uh, then again like i said about the science teacher or languages teacher about specific applications where they see kind of their trickiest concepts or even in things like pronunciation and uh recording their own videos for languages um, where I just see really good examples of great video lessons. So, um, yeah, but your explanations are a lot, a lot more um, informed. It's good. I'm writing them down and this will be how I talk yeah, about it, bit. It, it, <laughs> it.
1: All, all part of the service. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah but, I mean, that's really interesting about the sort of remote um, or flip learning experiences that you can have. Um, and also getting the students to make their own videos, um, which is, you know, Hugely empowering in terms of things like developing their own oracy, their broader mm-hmm. literacy skills, presentation skills, and, and employability, and so on. Okay. Um,
0: the student project section of Ed Puzzle as well. Have you seen that? I think it was quite a new release. I don't know if you know it was there.
1: I I'm aware it's there, but it'd be good yeah. to hear uh, hear about it from your point of view because I haven't road tested it yet.
0: Yeah, yeah. And um, so this is exactly like you say, but they're embedding their own, que- well, they're becoming the teacher, they're embedding their own questions, their own comments. Um, I like the idea that students can then link to kind of further reading or to blog posts and things like that based on the content that they're either recording or uh, pulling from YouTube. So they're kind of being critical and being analytical of the videos that they're either um, sort of bringing out in reply or how they're recording it um, in response. And they kind of add it back into their, back into their LMS um, and the student sort of grades their work in, in a sort of different, a different way. Um, it, it, so it looks very much like the teacher, uh, how the teachers set the work, but it's a collaborative student project on video, um, but adding in the comments um, and questions. And so again, I've yet to hear um, too many sort of case studies on how people are using it. Um, but it's a, it's an interesting extra product. Which I'd love to get some feedback on if you get a chance to have a play with it. I'd love to hear what
1: Absolutely. Well, if you have you had much feedback on things like the the LMS, the Learning Management System? The, the, the because what I'd imagine what you don't want to happen is, is for the Edpuzzle LMS to be sort of to sort of conflict with other with existing LMSs, and um, for that to create problems for the teachers and confusion for the for the students. So, do, have people that back to you about that?
0: Um, well, I mean, we have integrations with um, pretty much all of the major. LMSs um mm. so it means that there shouldn't be uh, it shouldn't be conflicts or conflicts there it should all be fairly seamless um, we're working on Moodle actually you said you're in higher education so we're working on Moodle integration at the moment and um, we've got a lot of universities who have got the pro accounts um, with us and actually you can imagine sort of putting longer have you used it much since you've been uh, in higher education as well do you use it for your, do you train teachers about Edpuzzle or do you still set Edpuzzles
1: I I do both. Uh, I mean, really, one of the things that... It's a it's an introductory thing to an extent with um, with, with our student teachers. So, I mean, the idea is that um, I, I would say to our English student teachers, um, have you tried this? It's amazing, right? So, um, mm-hmm. so I, I would I would demonstrate that. I would model how to use it, mm-hmm. and then I would ask questions about what would you do next, and what mm-hmm. what kind of feedback would you expect to get from the students? So, mm-hmm. you know, if you if you design this question, how what would the how are the students going to answer it? right within a classroom situation how might they answer it remotely uh, so what after so what is always a really important part of, uh, yeah. of what we do what yeah. happens next you know why and why are you doing it why is it why is it better than not doing it um, mm-hmm. these these are really important questions so so on one hand it's that kind of um, you know modeling how to use something a little bit like a learning technologist would um, but more importantly it's about to, to but them some magic because what they've got to do, what we've got to show them is that a teacher is a, a kind of magician <laughs> that they can their lesson should feel magical in some way so um, that that's that, that's something on one hand it's you know it, it it it's something that's interesting and magical for for their pupils for their kids mm-hmm. uh, but on the, at the same time as I've said before there's, there's no hiding place for the kids no, they've got to pay attention they've got to expect that these questions are go, going to appear in a few minutes time so they better answer them because they're going to be accountable for those answers.
0: Mm-hmm. I think it's um it's amazing really I mean doing what you do and this was and this might be probably every teacher under the sun knows this already but someone explained it to me very well the other day it was a lady called Joanna who works at Fair Green School over here and she was saying actually once you've learned how to teach anything once you've learned how to teach once you've learned how to uh you know design a curriculum and design the learning in such a way that you know that this information is going to go into your student uh, no matter what age then actually you can kind of teach anything like so she could go and teach uh, mechanical engineering, she or so she says. Um, if because now as long as she knows, uh, you know, does a few courses and reads up on it to begin with, she knows how to teach it in such a way that these uh, that her, these students could end the course knowing the concept that she's trying to teach, which I think is amazing. And it is, like I say, sort of teacher magic. Um, mm-hmm. But once you know those, um, and like I say, this is probably will feel patronizing to any teacher, but I had never heard it before, um, and I think that's amazing because you don't. I mean, I would say. So, from a sales background, that once you know how to sell, you can sell TVs, or you can sell advertising, or you can sell—I uh, don't know—sponsorship um, of football teams. But once you know how to sell, you kind of feel like you can sell anything. And I just never really applied that concept to to teaching before. I don't know. I don't know if you agree. I
1: I, I agree. I completely agree. Um, and that's, I suppose, that's the essence of the of the joy of teaching, really. Because what one thing that starts to happen to you is that I'm sure you found this with um, with with your you know sojourns around different schools in 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 the Middle East, but. Um, once I learn something new, I just want to tell people all about it and, and teach them too. It's it's a weird kind of compunction that you, you develop as, a, as an educator. So um, now, so because I'm, I've I've you know learned quite a lot about edtech over the years, but as a, an outsider, I still want to, to teach other teachers about it and, and demonstrate them. But obviously, my difficulty, if you like, is that I'm not a learning technologist. So mm. I'm, I'm, I do occasionally get a nosebleed. <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> <laughs> when, I, when I get out of my death. So, um, yeah, so it, 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 it's interesting. But are you enjoying the, the instruction part of, of what you're doing then with, with that puzzle? puzzle? And, and also, do you, do you want to talk about the other uh, projects that you're involved in?
0: um so well uh yeah although I feel like they're slightly neglected since uh you know it's like when you start a new a new role in the training and the yeah things. um I, I so I am taking on a lot more training I'm actually doing a big teacher training tomorrow with um a group of pre-service teachers in uh, Jordan for example so um it's it's an exciting place to be I think um I've not, So I've not been on this side of the table before where I'm kind of working strictly in uh, the edtech field. So even at BET or uh, with Tears, I was kind of on, uh, always a bit removed, whereas now I really enjoy it because I'm going in and te- speaking to uh, teachers all day and every day and um, edtech specialists um, and talking about And it's always been, I found even when I was working with Tes and working with their teacher training division, it was always something that I would go in and talk to schools out about because I just couldn't help it. I wanted to know what platforms they're using, even though it had no real um impact on my business whatsoever so um, i'm pleased to be back in that side of it. um and then so as for other projects so um i i'm still a co-founder of our women in education group that we run Um so this is myself and it is very uh it well it it is a women a women who innovate and integrate in education so you can find us on twitter as, uh, at we edu w-i-i edu um but because it's run by three kind of techie women, so that's uh, myself, Philippa Raithmel, who is um, at the moment EdTech specialist uh, in Abu Dhabi, and Linda Parsons, who's Head of Innovation across the Alpha Tame Education Group here in Dubai. It's definitely got more of a techie lilt, so we all kind of can't help ourselves and end up talking about EdTech when we have our get-togethers. But um, we have a newsletter uh, that we try and send out every month, although it's on pause over the summer, and then we run get-togethers across the Middle East. So um, yeah, we're always happy to hear from people who have interesting things to say. We try to interview inspirational women um, every month or two um, and host them on our YouTube channel where we have real kind of in-depth conversations with women who have achieved fantastic things in education or women that we can see are inspiring others in leadership or in technology around education Um, and I've had an absolute blast putting it together most recently we ran an event at the uh, BSME conference and kind of got a bunch of women together we ran a few silly activities and a few more serious ones Um, but it's a really good way to facilitate networking amongst women kind of on on our own on our own terms um and I've just absolutely loved every minute of being part of it
1: brilliant I did a podcast a few months ago uh about uh, teachers side hustles um and I asked the question should everyone have a side hustle what, what would you say to that
0: <laughs> um I, I I wish we you could be a bit more of a side hustle unfortunately at the moment it is all um, it is all uh, out of the goodness of our own hearts and um, I I think it's interesting that most teachers do especially education technology uh, specialists within schools or edtech integrators have usually got something in their pocket oh it reminds me of you know when you're in LA and everyone has a script in their back pocket I feel like most edtech uh, bods that I meet have got a product or feel that they've got a better way of doing something um, mm-hmm. so I personally don't live by my own rules of having um, a side hustle that I think might turn into something more um but I think it's interesting I would always support anyone who who does um because I think the better I mean Edpuzzle was founded by uh by teachers for teachers you know it was a better way of doing things they could see the problems with uh they knew teachers are sharing videos but they knew that there had to be a better way than sharing YouTube links and so that's where Edpuzzle was born and I think that and that was you know now they've got something like uh, two million users and 80% of the schools in the US use Edpuzzle and this is sort of out of a dream in a uh, in a garage. So um yeah, I think I'd fully support anyone who does it and wants to do it because, you know someone someone's got to do it, and if you've got a better way, um, then yeah, I think absolutely go for it.
1: Yeah, so the vision was right from the start, wasn't it? Uh, clearly, um, and you mentioned this analogy of, um, of you know, Hollywood. Sc- or script, everyone's got a script in their back pocket. Um, but wouldn't it be nice if all educational technologists and people with ed tech and interest in edtech had a better site, a better um, elevator pitch? You know, because sometimes they're not quite sure about um, what, what they're trying to achieve. the, the focus yeah. is sometimes on the technology and what, what, uh, and how. I suppose teachers could benefit from it, if that makes sense. It's it, if, um... absolutely
0: team up with a salesperson, find your <laughs> find your killer killer salesperson who can then go and pitch it. But it is um it is a competitive landscape. And I mean, I was very lucky when I got this role with Ed Puzzle, actually, um, you know, finding finding those kind of joint skill sets maybe of um, of understanding education, but also being able to really sell yourself. And I think that's one thing about uh, kind of networking events I would always say to everyone the power of your you know power of your network can't be underestimated um sorry can't be overstated I said sorry the power of your network can't be overstated because that's where you're going to pick up tips of how to craft and hone that elevator pitch as well and meeting people and talking about it all the time I mean I think of um uh like I say Philippa who's just written her book and um you know sort of a um she will talk about it and actually I've watched her the way that she talks about that book having seen her talk to so many people about it just gets so much clearer and sharper and by the end it's such a clear concept um and now she's sort of uh with her eyes shut and just talk to people about the her digital ecosystem book and kind of it's it's done and it's so polished and it's so it's makes such a difference definitely
1: yeah get her on the podcast uh, <laughs> what, what, what people find i think is that um it, it really it really clarifies what you're about doesn't it when you have to yeah. sort of sit there and talk about it for uh, for half an hour or so. Yeah. Uh, it has to be clear in your head. Um, so a lot, so much going on. Uh, I mean, is it, life more complicated uh, now since you've taken on puzzle?
0: in a good uh, way? Well, I, uh, I'm now working from my little home office, which I quite like, so I used to go into the office quite a lot in my previous role. So I like the um, ethos of uh, Edpuzzle. So certainly it's been um, nice to join a company which you know, is kind of aligned with uh, maybe overall well-being um, kind of goals, um, but it's um, it's it's a lot of learning. Every day is learning, but it's much, it's very it's interesting learning. Like it's something that I want to know. Like I say, my favorite thing is finding out how people use the products in just these weird and wonderful and magical and creative ways is always is my favorite part of the job i speak to you know and i'm speaking to ed tech specialists or principals or even higher up who aren't really connected with the product but my favorite thing is not sorry i shouldn't say that they're connected to the product but in reality they're going to pass it down to their curriculum specialists and down to their teachers who are the real mm-hmm. kind of users and they are just making incredible things i mean even someone talking about using it for creating like alternative ending stories you know so you finish your podcast choose a character and then can direct people to different uh stories using links in the podcast that's my favorite thing is learning how people are finding just amazing and creative ways to um to use it and i think it's not even just related to ed Puzzle. i just love hearing uh ways that teachers are that creative um,
1: love that idea inspiring. Yeah. I love that idea. I shall uh, take that one from you <laughs> and sh- share that with my students. It's a, it's a brilliant idea. It really is. Yeah. And you're still getting to travel, of course, aren't you? Because you went to Barcelona recently to, uh, to meet with the, uh, well, is it at puzzle H- H- HQ? Is that what you call it?
0: Uh, yeah. So, um, I mean, the, the technically the address on paper is in San Francisco, but the um, majority of, um, I mean, the, the founders are from Barcelona. The, the biggest office that we have is in Barcelona, but really beautiful mm-hmm. office in the center of uh, centre of Barcelona. Um, yeah, I was in Oman for a conference with the ministry very recently. Um, yeah, so there's still a bit of a uh, still a bit of travel around. Well, mostly around the MENA region, but um, yeah, Barcelona was a bit of a, um, a bit of a surprise one. But I'm excited, but I'll be back for BET 2023 as well, especially as it becomes more global. I mean, one of the best places to meet GCC ministries of education is almost at BET UK now. I think it's uh, I mean, it's amazing. They're doing a great job.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I missed it this year for the first time in several years, but um, I know, I know. But um, but I guess I get back there and hopefully see you there.
0: <laughs> Fantastic.
1: Absolutely. Um, I love Boston, and I had my stag do there, so oh, still, really? uh, yeah. So oh, I didn't to, see that. See
0: the best time—the food and the drink, and just the sitting on the. The weather was stunning, and just kind of sitting on the pavement cafes and having a canya, little beer. Um oh it's just it was so so nice. Take me back any day, even though I was yeah, sorry, I'm talking I, I did do some work, I promise, but I also <laughs> a lot of baby yeah.
1: family
0: and a lot but, of shopping. The shopping compared to Dubai, the shopping is so uh, like it's so cheap, and then you get all the tax back as well. So yes, I might have gone a bit crazy.
1: Uh, oh, all right, <laughs> oh, okay. Oh fantastic. Yeah. Well, I hope to be in Spain again soon. Yeah, yeah. definitely. I I think um my son went to san sebastian recently in, in to the northwest yeah, and yeah, yeah, absolutely yeah. loved it so that's kind of next on my list in spain but i love yeah. spain Good. really do right Also th- thanks a lot for taking the time victoria really appreciate well, it it was vaguely <laughs> helpful
0: i have no idea if, uh, i don't know it's, it's it's unfortunate it's definitely a case of imposter syndrome when i get invited to do things like this I'm like, oh am i talking about the right thing i think it's hard yeah i although i do feel like i should go and do a bloody PGCE now because i'm talking about it so often um, but uh, yeah I definitely feel uh, a little
1: bit um, but yeah so it's, it's lovely to be invited so I really appreciate that absolutely yeah well I've, the thing is there's always other people who have other, other knowledge <laughs> it always be like that so um, don't worry about that I mean I, I know what you mean that, that I part of what I write about when I'm writing sort of autoethnographically you're talking about this this issue of also imposter syndrome and it's universal Literally, everybody has it because you, yeah. you know, not all of us know everything all the time, do we? But that's not a weakness. It's just, uh, it's just how collaboration works, isn't it?
0: Yeah. Actually, my dad always used to say that, like, especially when you work in sales, that you're, you know, you might always feel a bit of imposter syndrome because you might be talking to people who have so much more experience. But to remember that you're the expert on on your product, so you know they don't know your product better than you do. So that's the that's the thing I sort of always keep in uh, keep in mind. Um, for it, although, like I said, I'm still learning a puzzle, so I think you'll probably still be. But give me six months, and then I'll still be. There. <laughs> Let's well, say, you well, sure the expert in the room on you know the product that you work for, the company that you work for
1: yeah well that, i mean that's kind of um i mean for me that's the right kind of thinking uh I mean, I've, I've used this phrase iterative branding about a lot of edtech products products and that's the way it should be um they're so yeah. always looking to innovate always looking to to move on to the next iteration if you like the, the next mm-hmm. update um to make it more um well m- more about i suppose i mean I know people overuse the word empowering don't they but it's all about sort of empowering teachers and making life more enjoyable and immersive for the kids yeah. and making life better than not using a puzzle <laughs> that's, <Yeah.
0: laughs>
1: and that's a question you must have to ask yourself every day
0: yeah uh yeah i, I don't know if um it, that might have been when the recording cut out but i was talking about yeah sort of um product updates and actually there's so much happening in the products that uh you know most teachers have already got you know they look at sort of um, I think you talked a bit about sort of AI for learning and what Google's releasing very soon, which is these sort of practice sets and the idea that it will link through to uh, kind of recommended uh, recommended resources um, and things like this. So they're starting to work on these kind of updates. Edpuzzle will have a new integration every week. We launched Edpuzzle Originals at the beginning of the year. Like I said, every time we do our Moodle or our Microsoft Teams or our Google Classroom updates are clever um, integrations, you know, we grow users overnight. So um, yeah, even just looking at the products that you've got, everybody, well, hopefully good ed tech companies are always trying to uh, to grow and improve. And that, like I said, it's not always the biggest, flashiest launch. It's just very simple things that, like I say, make life just a little bit easier, save you that five minutes next time.